Welcome to Battle Cry, where we empower believers in Jesus Christ. Presented by My Battle Cry is Jesus. Today on Battle Cry, we're going to do a character study on Joseph. Now, this isn't Joseph as in Joseph and Mary the carpenter who raised Jesus when he was young, but this is Joseph from the Old Testament. And the story of Joseph is found in Genesis chapters 37 to chapter 50, which is the very end of Genesis. Uh, we're not going to read the whole story, just highlights, and we're going to see what we can learn about Joseph and find out what he can teach us. Joseph was the 11th son of a man named Jacob. And Jacob was the grandson of Abraham, and he was renamed by God to Israel. Now, even though Joseph was the eleventh son born to Jacob, he was also the first son born of the woman that Jacob loved, Rachel. And Genesis 37.3 states that Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other sons. Jacob even made Joseph a coat of many colors. And Joseph was hated by his brothers because of this favoritism. And then to make matters worse, Joseph had two dreams about how his brothers were going to bow to him one day. Genesis 37.8 says, and his brethren hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. When Joseph's brothers went to feed their father's flock one time, Jacob sent Joseph to go check on them. The brothers had so much hate toward Joseph that when they saw him coming from afar off, they made plans to kill him. Now the oldest son, Reuben, he kept the other brothers from slaying Joseph, but they did strip him of his coat of many colors and they threw him into a pit. Then the brothers sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver, and they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now after the brothers sold Joseph into slavery, they dipped his coat of many colors into the blood of a goat. And they showed Joseph's coat to their father, Jacob, and he thought Joseph had been devoured by a beast. Jacob wept and mourned for Joseph for many days, and the Bible says that he refused to be comforted. It's hard to imagine that Joseph's ten older brothers would allow their father to experience such grief. When you grieve for someone that you love so deeply, like the way Jacob loved Joseph, there are so many emotions that you go through. Grief is not only about being sad or depressed. You're flooded with emotions, and every emotion that you experience is at the most extreme level. Not only is there deep sadness, but you experience anger in a whole new way. You want to scream at someone, but there's just no one to scream at. You, just, you want to hit someone, but there's just no one to hit. Because you feel so angry, but you're not angry at anyone in particular. You're just mad at the situation you're in. Not only is there extreme anger, but you feel so much guilt. Your mind runs through everything that you could have done different that might have prevented this from happening. There's no doubt that Jacob blamed himself for sending Joseph out to check on his brothers. In his mind, he sent his own son out to die. Even when there is absolutely nothing you could have done differently, you find a way to blame yourself. But you also feel another type of guilt. You feel guilty that you get to continue living. You feel guilty for taking another breath when the one that you lost doesn't get to breathe anymore. You feel guilty for enjoying the food you like to eat when your lost loved one doesn't get to enjoy eating anymore. You feel guilty for spending time with your other loved ones when the one that you lost doesn't get to spend time with anyone anymore. Every good thing that you continue to experience, 
you feel guilty that you're able to experience it. Even when you know that they are with God and in a better place, it can still be so hard to see past all of your hurt and all of your emotions. It's hard to believe that Joseph's ten older brothers allowed Jacob to suffer through such grief. In fact, it's hard to imagine that God allowed Jacob to suffer through such grief. If Jacob had known that Joseph was still alive and that he was out there somewhere, there's no doubt that Jacob would have gone searching for Joseph, and he would not have quit searching until he found him again. But maybe that's why God had to allow Jacob to go through his pain. The only way for God to take Joseph to where he needed to go was to separate Joseph from Jacob. God had great plans for Joseph, and we're going to see in the end of this story that the whole family is going to be reunited. But for Joseph to save millions of people from this great famine that is coming and we're about to read about, Joseph first had to be taken away, and Jacob had to go through this trial and suffering. We don't always know God's plan, but we must trust that it's always for our good. Joseph was bought by an Egyptian officer, and after some time, Joseph was made the overseer of his house because the Egyptians saw that the Lord caused everything to prosper in his hand. Genesis 39.5 says the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Then the Egyptian's wife tempted Joseph, saying, Lie with me. Now let's try to put ourselves in Joseph's position. He has been betrayed by his own brothers, sold into slavery, and now he has a position of power and authority in this Egyptian officer's house. He is a young man, and a woman is throwing herself at him so that he would lie with her. Now most young men would fall very easily to this temptation, especially after everything Joseph has been through. But not Joseph. Joseph refuses his master's wife, but what is so amazing is his reason why. Joseph tells her in Genesis 39.9, How then can I do this great wickedness? and sin against God. Joseph was able to resist the woman's temptation because of his mindset. He didn't view this wrong as a sin against his master or against his master's wife, but as a sin against God. His perspective is that all sin is against God. And this has changed my view on sin. My view on sin now is that sin is always against God. When you don't love others the way you should love them, you sin against God. When you hold resentment and anger towards someone for what they've done to you, you sin against God. There is something about being made in His image, and we are all made in His image. So when you do wrong to your neighbor, you do wrong to God. And this is what the law was trying to teach us. Apostle Paul explains this in Romans 13.10 when he writes, Love works no ill to his neighbor. Therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. And this is why Jesus said in Matthew 22, that everything can be summed up in these two commandments. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment, and the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Loving your neighbor is loving God, and to not love someone is to not love Jesus. Paul writes of this same idea in 1 Corinthians 8.12 when he writes, But when ye sin so against the brethren... And wound their weak conscience, ye sin against Christ. Paul states clearly that when we sin against others, we are truly sinning against Jesus. All sin, no matter who the transgression is against, is always against God. Joseph kept his integrity uh, when he refused his master's wife. 
but Joseph's integrity cost him years of imprisonment. That's something we should all remember. Following God will always cost you something. Joseph's integrity cost him years of his life. The Egyptian's wife continued to tempt Joseph, and Joseph continued to refuse her. But one time, after being denied once again, the wife grabbed Joseph's garment as he ran away from her. And the Egyptian's wife took the garment that she had grabbed off Joseph and showed it to the men of the house, and she claimed that Joseph tried to rape her. Joseph's master had him thrown in prison. So Joseph's integrity landed him in prison, and he stays there for years. Joseph probably felt like God had forgotten all about him. There had to be times when Joseph felt God had forsaken him. Years of his life were spent in a dark prison. It becomes easy to think that God has forgotten you when you go through dark periods in your life. But God is just preparing you for what he has planned for you. Now after this great story about dreams and interpreting those dreams, Joseph ends up becoming second in command in all of Egypt. Only Pharaoh is greater than Joseph. And as the story goes, Joseph saves millions of people from a great famine, and he's eventually reunited with his father. In fact, Joseph's whole family, including his brothers, live with him in Egypt. Jacob and Joseph live the rest of their lives together and in comfort. And then finally, Jacob dies. Joseph, Joseph's brothers feared that Joseph might take some kind of revenge on them for all the evil they had done to Joseph when he was young. And they went to Joseph when he came back from burying their father, and they bowed before Joseph, just as in Joseph's dream. Yet once again, Joseph did what was right by loving those around him. Joseph didn't hold in any resentment toward his brothers. He tells them in Genesis 50:20, Ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good, to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. Joseph tells his brothers that even though they meant to do evil to him, God used their evil for good. God can use your darkest hour for good purposes. Instead of giving them what his brothers deserved, Joseph gave them grace. And that reminds me of another son that was betrayed by men for some pieces of silver. And he was also accused of something he didn't do and was punished even though he was innocent. However, the punishment was all a part of God's plan. Even in your darkest moments, God is still there using you for his good purposes. The worst thing that has ever happened in mankind's history was the death of Jesus Christ on a Roman cross. However, the best thing that has ever happened to mankind was the death of Jesus Christ on a Roman cross. If God can take the worst thing that has ever happened to mankind and use it to accomplish the greatest thing that has ever happened to mankind, then God can certainly use the dark situation that you are in for his good purpose. It's hard to see past the hurt and the pain we feel when we are in our darkest hour, and we might even spend years in a dark place. But if we trust God, and if we keep our integrity, then he will work all things out for our good. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. I hope you are able to learn something from the story of Joseph. And more importantly, I hope you're able to grow in your relationship with Christ. If you want any more teachings or messages, follow us on Facebook at My Battle Cry is Jesus.